podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. Okay, sera, sera. Whatever will be, will be. We're going to Germany. Okay, sera, sera. West Ham United 3, Leon nil, 4-1 on aggregate in the quarterfinal of the Europa League. The last time you heard from me and my mate James Jones on the We Are West Ham podcast, we were sat outside Le Modern in Leon City Centre, having a couple of lefes, waiting for the big game, full of apprehension, not really sure in our hearts whether West Ham had what it took to get over the line. And did they get over the line? 3-0. Absolutely incredible stuff. One of the greatest days of my life. Certainly up there with my best ever West Ham supporting experiences. Me, my dad and Jonesy in the away and absolutely losing the plot when Declan Rice picks up the ball on the edge of the area, shifts it out of his feet in one casual movement and fires it into the bottom left corner. Or at least that's where what it looked like from where we were sat. Uh, only afterwards did we see the enormous deflection that definitely took it beyond the goalkeeper. He would have saved it if it wasn't for that. But Jared Bain <laughs> careering through the Leon defence to tuck it in the bottom left corner with razor-sharp precision to make it 3-0. Quite frankly, just got a little bit too much for me. Absolutely overwhelming stuff. It all came flooded back. All the grim away days at West Brom, at Bolton. God, far-flung places up and down the country. The miserable defeats, the long journeys home, the complete lack of hope that our club that we loved were going anywhere exciting within the next years, never mind the next few games. But it really felt like a watershed moment if we haven't had that already with the severe game. West Ham United haven't been in domestic semi-final for years and now we face a real chance of getting to a European Europa League final with a semi-final against Eintracht Frankfurt. I cannot believe it. I'm still riding high from that day last Thursday. We have, of course, lost to Burnley since you last spoke to us as well. In the Premier, uh, Drew with Burnley, excuse me, uh, felt like a defeat. Um, Drew with Burnley in the Premier League since we last spoke. However, as I've been saying to everyone since that Burnley game, the Premier League is beneath us now. We're <laughs> European giants. <laughs> Domestic competition means absolutely nothing to us. All this prioritising the Premier League over Europa League, those teams have got it completely the wrong way around. Why do we need to bother about finishing sixth when we're going to win the Europa League and finish the Champions League? James Jones, what an experience. So buzzing to have been out to share it with you, mate. Uh, what a time to be alive. Um, I've been thinking all morning about how what words I would use to describe that day out that we had on Thursday. Um, all the way from what when we met at the airport at four in the morning or whatever time it was, all the way up until we begrudgingly had to wake <laughs> up after about two hours sleep to get yeah. the plane back less than 20 the hours later. Yeah, yeah. Um, just outrageously fun. It was, mm. everything was, all, the whole thing was just so much fun. 
And yeah, the way we won that, particularly as we, us, us two in particular, after that podcast, going into it a little bit apprehensive, going, don't fancy this, really don't fancy this to go through. And then just to turn it on like in the way that we did, particularly after being under the cosh a little bit for, for the first 30 minutes. And like when, um, I think after their third chance or when, no, it was when uh, Bowen missed that back post chance just before we went one new up. Mm. And um, I thought to myself, didn't say it out loud, I thought to myself, that was our, that was our moment. And we'd blown it. That was oh, when he stretched for it and couldn't get Yeah, like, and Antonio yeah. put it back post and he, he just couldn't get just couldn't get there in time. Mm. And uh, I thought to myself, yeah, that was it. That was it. We're not going to score today. We're not going to score. And then big bat on Dawson. Near post. 1-0. <laughs> Deck and Rice makes it two. And then see Jared Bowen never misses, does he? And um, we're on our way. And just the, the parties we had in that away end. Good grief. Not been involved in something like that for a very, very long time. It was just... It was just, it's the essence of life for me, that feeling. And that, it, it's such a strange one because inevitably with that, like with such highs, there always comes like like a bit of a come down almost. Yeah. Because it's just euphoria, isn't it? And honestly, I mean, so uh, yeah, it was me, Jonesy and my dad for the first half. You went and met your brother and sat with him for the second half, didn't you? Um, so you weren't there for the, the Jared Bowen goal, but or with us, sorry. Um and honestly, it was like the, the the first one was brilliant, but I only sort of half saw it as in, and it, we were so far away that it was like half could have gone side netting. So I was celebrating, which was great, like because obviously I realised it was a goal, and I always get panicky with corners, just assuming there's going to be some invisible tug that I haven't seen. Yeah. So I don't celebrate them properly, but that was what was so beautiful about Declan Rice's. Not only did it put us two new up, which is like a proper convincing, actually we could do this scoreline. But it was also absolutely zero doubt whatsoever that VAR was going to come back to haunt you. Mm. It was that there was nothing possibly could have been wrong with it. And it obviously, like from where we're sitting, it clearly went in, unlike the Dawson one, which I thought could have been side netting. And that feeling there is the essence of like my existence, really, <laughs> because there's it just feels like there's a beyond that is like a ceiling of human happiness. <laughs> and and I think, and you know, my dad was saying, oh, and I think you mentioned, yeah, you know, when you have kids or whatever, I haven't had kids, but when, you know, when they're born, that's pretty, that's an amazing feeling, blah, blah. And I understand that. But there's no jeopardy. Like, or the, you know, but like beforehand, you're not like in the delivery suite wondering whether Lucy was going to have a baby or not. Are you? <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like, and all of a sudden, like Harrison comes out and you're like, yeah. Because you weren't sure if it was going to happen. It's, it's more, it's more of when, not if. Whereas the other yeah. way around is if, not when. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 So because on the table is the idea that not only will West Ham not score at all, that Leon might score three, and you've come all the way out of France and spent all that money, and like going to be absolutely exhausted ahead of a bank holiday weekend for no reason whatsoever to actually make yourself miserable, more miserable than you were when you left. So, but like when the second one went in. It was, I just didn't know what to do. Well, it was just amazing, wasn't it? Did, was that the one you ended up on the deck for? Yeah, because we were the very last row, weren't we, at the back? back and row, yeah. You had, the, you had the walkway behind us. Mm. Um, and it didn't actually look that far down until I actually fell fell down. And I was like, oh, that was quite a way. That was that was far. I landed on my back. I got my leg caught in the seat. <laughs> Only just finished walking with a limp. 
Um, yeah, and I normally I end up three or four rows in front, but this time I just ended up behind. I, I still don't know how I ended up going backwards, but I, I, I went backwards. And um, <laughs> all the, the, the bruises I've got since, um, don't regret any of them. Oh. If anything, I hope I wish they'd stay on me forever because at least then I can yeah, go. Yeah. Oh, see, that, see that bruise? That's celebrating yeah, yeah. Declan Rice's go and Leon. Like, you should have got her down the tattoo parlour, mate, like while they were still fresh and just had them like ink over them so they never yeah. ever leave you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it was well worth it. Uh, it was just so amazing, mate. And it's one of them, and I, I think I said to you or Dad or when we were in the ground, that um, I normally like cringe a little bit about the old, when clubs bring out the old DVDs, but give me as many copies of that as you can. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It was just, ah, uh, the... And if you could bottle that feeling, you know, then no one would do drugs ever, would they? Or no. go drink. You'd just have a little sip of that every morning. But uh, yeah, absolutely phenomenal stuff. I just, you know, uh, early on, well, I'll tell you what, mate. I think we've, uh, we've gushed enough so far. We'll do a little bit more in detailed reaction um, in a minute. Uh, thanks to everyone who got in touch last week. We, so we got some really kind messages, didn't we, while we were out there, mate, which was nice. Um Mitch, Morgan, uh, Rob, a few of you just off the top of my head who who got in touch, said some nice things. Um, and you can get in touch with us as well uh, on Twitter. We're at we are underscore West Ham. Instagram, we're we are West Ham pod. Facebook search the We Are West Ham podcast. You can get us on YouTube as well. Uh, we are West Ham podcast over there to find the channel. You can email us at we are West Ham pod at gmail.com the links to all the ways you can follow us and contact we are west ham are included in the description to this podcast you can buy us a beer and support jonesy and i and the pod at buymeacoffee.com slash we are west ham which is what rob did last week a very very generous five pints from rob which was lovely they're priced at a fiver each over there and as we've said before the money goes directly to me and jonesy um, and all we spend it on is beers or equipment to make the pod better some of that equipment and lager actually um was bought slash used um in leon last week we had our portable microphones out on the streets which was a brilliant experience so yeah thanks rob and uh, and anyone else who's donated over there already um the uh what else was i going to say jonesy then what's coming up on the show then we'll have some more detailed reaction to that leon game as well as briefly touching on the one all draw with burnley at london stadium on sunday we'll have a chelsea opposition view ahead of sunday's game in the premier league we'll have the betway charity bets and then we'll have some final thoughts from me and jonesy for another week uh, after we've touched on the west ham women and their fa cup Game against City at the weekend. Busy one coming up. Uh, Jonesy, let's just get straight into it so we can talk about Leon Moore. That's next. Yeah, mate, I think the thing is with things like Leon, they're what, they're what keep you coming back, aren't they? Um, because it's been so long. And like I was saying, right, when Jared Bowen's one went in, it was such a weird experience. And and the closest I've come to such feelings before after a West Ham goal, and Bowen's you, like usurped it at the top of the list, was Ravel Morrison at Tottenham, um, the the 3-0 away game. And I was in the away end for that. And that was that was beyond a sort of anything I'd experienced before. Um, when the 3-0 went in and you kind of knew... 3-0 
you rarely, rarely come like a team comes back from 3 0, do they really? Uh, so that feels like the game, it's game set and match then. And when Bowen was through, I didn't, again, I, I don't know what it was, getting a bit distracted or whatever, but I didn't really see like, the build up to it. So I sort of looked up and he was through on goal. And I was like, oh, hang on a minute. So it was like, I, I don't know what's happened here. It was all a bit of a shock. Like, how's he got there? He's not offside. I didn't really have time to like compute what was going on. And then he put it in the back of the net and I was just hit by this. It was just overwhelming. And I, I almost, I like cheered, a, I almost like froze and like shut down. And it was like standing there and it all, like all like I said to you before, and it genuinely did feel like that. I was there, obviously um, you'd sort of sat in with your brother by then. But I was just there with my dad and it just like loads of stuff sort of come flooding back to me, like proper rubbish West Ham experiences I've had before. And I was cheering a bit, but it wasn't really, I was, it was almost like autopilot cheering. Unlike Declan Rice, which was just complete euphoria. It was just like autopilot cheering a bit. And I, it was just like my brain had, was just like glitching because it was like, nope, we've never been here. We've never had to deal with such an experience before of West Ham scoring a goal in a European quarterfinal to get free uh, to go three new up to almost guarantee yourselves a spot in the semi like your brain is it's just not like sorry we ha- there's no precedent for this prior precedent we've not been here before so we don't know how to act unfortunately so it's just like I, I was I just couldn't believe it and I don't think I still can really I don't think I still can you know I've been watching some of the social media stuff which is brilliant and posted some stuff on Instagram which is, is fun but I've, me and you have texted each other a couple of times, haven't we? And it's just like, I don't know. I just, I just, it just makes me happy. <laughs> and still is, really. I, I felt the same with the, with the Bowen goal. So I was with my, bro, with my brother and a few of my mates. Um, and we were a little bit closer to the pitch where they were, they were sitting, kind of almost down the front. I've gone from yeah. right, being right back to the, down the front. And um, I, I kind of just put my hands up in the air, but didn't shout or scream and it was almost like wait we're three new up away at Leo. <laughs> like, like, and it, it's kind of you go in at two nil and you're like right just got to protect that now protect the mm. lead we've got two, two quick goals in the first half got to protect that because leon will come come at us and instead it was after that third goal winning it was like well just we're through now yeah it's done and then we just had four, literally 40 minutes of just having an absolute party and mm. just can't, can't believe we were about to go to the semi-finals in the Europa League yeah. um, and I keep thinking, I think I said it uh, right really early in the season, it was after you beat City in the Cup and it was on, it, we were on a run then where I was just like, it just keeps getting better and better and better doesn't it, mm. like you know we've just beaten Spurs in the league um, I think we were on a run of eight, seven or eight wins in a row in all competitions mm. and it was like, just when you think okay, like, we're going to stop being Massive now, mm. and then suddenly another big result comes along, mm. and then you know, the, I thought the severe, the severe second leg was probably going to be the pinnacle of our season. It just in terms of atmosphere, result, mm. uh, euphoria, and then again, it just keeps getting better and better and better, and we've got a massive chance of semi final. It's not Barcelona, it's Frankfurt. And you, you can hang on. We, we actually now it's now I'm beginning to believe. Hang on, we could win this. Ah, oh, mate, I know we could win this. <laughs> if, you look at, 
if you look at the teams that are in it, and I just respect the teams that are still in it, but we can beat all three of those teams that are still in it. We're good mm. enough to beat those teams. And yeah, like just after that Bowen goal, I kind of just, while everyone else is like falling all over the place around me, I'm just standing there, just kind of yeah, yeah. looking about, going, "Is this real life? Am, am I yeah. experiencing this for like for the first ever time? Am I am I actually experiencing this as a West Ham United supporter? Uh, yes, I am. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. now I've got you've got grown men kissing each other, yeah, like yeah, strangers kissing each other. I had a random bloke like jump jump on me back, and I almost ended up in my face. And it was just like, what's going on? What's yeah, going yeah, on? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like just just sheer joy. Mm. And my best part, my my favourite part of the night, I think, was when we were stuck inside the ground for about an hour and a half, two hours, wherever it was. Mm. And even then, then you get three or four players that would come out, ah, come yeah. over to our corner, get involved. But when David Moyes came out on his own. And he stood there and we sang his song. Mm. And that, everyone knows I'm an emotional fan. I'd already cried at the full-time whistle, <laughs> bursting into tears, bless me. And I was just like, my brother's like, what are you crying for? And I was like, I'm happy. I'm happy. Yeah, I'm what delighted. are you talking about? Yeah, I'm yeah. Delighted. And he come out and that, I had a tear in my eye then as well because I was like, that bloke deserves if he oh, gets. Oh, no. That man. bloke. And, he, and then that video comes out on social media and, um, of him doing that. And he's just taking it in. He's going, I can't, like, Years, a few years ago, he was written off, wasn't he? And now he's taken us to the Europa League semi-final, and he is literally the toast of East London. Hmm. The man is very, very special to us, and what he's, where he's taken us, and where he could potentially take us still, uh, deserves so much credit. And yeah, that moment, that was one of my favourite moments of the day. Just kind of <clears> him <throat> on the pitch, all on his own, in front of what three and a half thousand West Ham fans, all, all singing his name. Hmm. Um, just capped off just a, a an incredibly fun day. Yeah, yeah, mate. Are you just saying all that? Honestly, I'm not. I've just literally got goosebumps again. Yeah, yeah. It's just oh, flipping out. It's just so funny. It's not funny. It's just amazing. Like it's weird, isn't it? You know, like how some people genuinely just couldn't care less about football, and it does. It does sort of make me laugh sometimes because I just think. When you boil it down, it's, it's just 11 blokes or 22 blokes kicking the ball about on the pitch, blah, blah, blah. But they, I just, it, it, I don't know. It, I can just not, if you don't like football, I can't imagine, right? Um, you know, I, I, some people like horse riding. Some people like chess. Some people like playing cards. I, you know what I mean? Some people like going shopping for their hobbies. Other people like doing different stuff. Some people like video games, blah, 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 right? Lots of people got lots of different hobbies. I defy anyone to get the same feelings of euphoria from any other pastimes or whatever, you know, hobbies or whatever, or passions as you can get as as we got last Thursday. Mm. I just don't know where they would come from. And that's why I find think it's so hard sometimes explaining to people, particularly who don't know. I've had absolute nightmares with my mum trying to get through to her just how <laughs> amazing and like almost hopefully not, but once in a lifetime it's been. Do you know what I mean? I just <laughs> it, it I had the same thing with Luce when I got back. We were sitting on the balcony and uh she said, oh, good time then. And I was like, Luce, good time. What? Yeah, what? what are you talking That's about? Like, 
it was probably one of the best days of my life. <laughs> it, it genuinely was. Like, and it's it was one of those games where I will tell my grandkids about that. Ah, oh. I, I was there at Leon. I, I was there. It was one of those I was there moments, and mm. I was like, so yeah, it was a bloody good time actually. <laughs> I, I had a very, very fun time and I'm incredibly emotional about it still because the game, yeah, yeah. by the time I walked from the front door, I think it was less than 12 hours after the game finished. So I was still on yeah, the bus. Yeah, yeah. I was still yeah. like, just like, I was on the bus like, from the station home and like, I'm, I'm, I'm humming like, West Ham are massive to myself. Ah, mate, and, I haven't stopped that. It's, yeah, it's yeah. on the train looking at me and I'm just like, oh, whisting away I was. And, yeah, you can't. And it was like, again, the same thing after the Seville game. Go, oh, what game that was last night? Was it good? It's just like, I don't think I can actually accurately explain yeah. how good it was to anyone, anyone that wasn't good there. And asks, uses that adjective in a question. Yeah. It's like you immediately get a bit offended. Offended. It's like, what? Yeah. Why are you being stupid? Why are you using that ridiculously underwhelming word, like word to underplay what was an yeah. occasion that there are no words for? Yeah, and people go, oh, oh, it looked good when they're watching it on TV. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, it, no, yeah, it's yeah. more than good, and you will yeah. never understand because you weren't there and you don't support <laughs> West Ham. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did see someone tweet going, oh, just imagine not liking football and never being able to experience that level of joy. Mm. Because you're right, I don't, I just, I struggle to find anything other than sport that can deliver that kind of euphoria and high. No, it's not even sport, honestly. It's not even sport, it is just West Ham. Just uh, West Ham, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is, honestly. Because, uh, uh, England, to be fair, you know, if like England at the Euros was amazing and all that as well. And yeah, not really the time for it, but I'm very much a, like, you know, I'd absolutely love it if England won the World Cup or whatever, because again, a proper once in a lifetime thing, but you can share it with everyone, you know, rather than your Tottenham mates trying to shit on, oh, sorry, your Tottenham mates <laughs> trying to rain on um Oh, that's too late now, isn't it? I've said it. But uh, trying to rain on us beating Leon in the Europa League, it's like you don't get out of England. But no, I just, yeah, it's just an amazing feeling, mate. And I was just so happy and just feel so lucky that I was there. It was, uh, yeah, just proper once in a lifetime stuff. Well, hopefully not. That's what I mean. <laughs> the idea that yeah, Seville was so good and felt like this at Seville as well. And I remember sort of being before going, oh, being away in the second legs, just rubbish. Uh, or, you know, it's a bit difficult, blah, blah, blah. But winning away in the second leg, Seville was amazing. It was wonderful being at home. But to be there and to win away in the second leg, which is what we'll have to do, or well, certainly if we're going to get to the final, we'll have to do that against Frankfurt. <laughs> hey, can you imagine being in the Europa League final? <laughs> against against the team that we're more than capable of beating as well. It's just, yeah, it's just ridiculous, mate. It's only been like, what? Two years, maybe, since we used to do these shows in the Love Sport Radio studio. And it was just so grim. Mm. It was just like, oh, here we go again. Just no end in sight at all. And then we're talking, and I mean, what a transfer. It's just incredible, mate. And you're right, David Moyes, what any, any, and he did, he had a lot, any reputational damage he had before has only been repaired. It's then and then some. I, I I don't know. I mean, Everton fans might argue and appreciate it over a shorter space of time, but he's at least echo it. He's at least like mimicked, equaled his Everton achievements. If you ask me, did they ever get to? I know they did some stuff in Europe. Did they ever get to a European semi-final? 
No, I think the bit the best he did, but he got him to the Champions League, but they got knocked out in the qualifiers, didn't they? He did finish in the right. top four with them. But I think that's I mean, yeah, that's a huge achievement. He, isn't may, it? he yeah. may have got to an FA Cup final. He didn't win yeah. anything with them, but I think he may have got to an FA Cup final. Yeah. But it, I mean, just this alone, I think, is he's probably his, one of his biggest achievements as a manager. The transformation job, mate. I mean, and it's just you can see, right, if you look back. And for me, it's, it's decisions like brave, tough decisions to make. Getting rid of Haller and Anderson, the two, you know, two big, big money signings. And he, he didn't care about that. He had lots of fans and sort of saying, ah, oh, you know, we shouldn't have done that, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, and, and he just stuck to his guns. And all right, the Antonio figure we could do with another striker. Uh, and a couple of those bits might come back to bite him. Um, the sort of hesitance on signings, if you are of the opinion that it's him who didn't want to sign anyone in January rather than the board, um, that might things might come back and bite him. But they are small fry, mate. We're in the semi-final of the Europa League. It doesn't matter what happens this season now. It genuinely mm. doesn't. We got to the semi-final of the Europa League. It's just incredible, mate. It's incredible. Just after, you know, decades of mediocrity with a couple of flashes of amazing stuff to happen in between. But he's not only turned it around and achieved something I didn't ever, ever think was genuinely going to happen. He's done it in a way and left the club that it feels sustainable, which is incredible. I think, yeah, you're right. I think the the peak of what we've been able to enjoy probably over the last decade at least has been, you know, beating Spurs. Yeah, Spurs away. Spurs away. You know, the odd win against Arsenal. Last-minute winners, mm. you know, potentially thinking we might progress, get a bit of a cut run and then end up drawing City. Um, <laughs> or then it was like, oh, we might do something this year. That was kind of like the the peak of where we were at in terms of mm. uh, happiness and what to, what to celebrate. Um, then you had last year, um, finishing sixth out of, out of nowhere. Mm. And then this year just tops it. And as I said before, it just keeps getting better and better. But, you know, no one... Even when the draw was made for the group stages way back in what August, September time, mm. no one really they may have said, Oh, yeah, you know, we, we could go on and win this, mm. but it was more like almost a tongue in cheek, like, Yeah, West Ham are massive, we're gonna win the Europa League this year, yeah, Without yeah, actually yeah, believing that we would go and win the Europa League, of course. And now it's the middle of April and we're in the semi finals, and you look at the teams left and you're going, Actually, we might. We're on the verge of history here. I mean, we've already made history. Yeah, right? exactly. First yeah. European semi-final in, what was it, 46 years. Weirdly enough, that one 46 years ago was against Frankfurt. Yeah, you know? um, very weird. Uh, we ended up lost, losing in the final that year, so hopefully it doesn't turn out to be the same. But yeah, If we get there, though. Getting to, like, getting to the final, just, I mean, I'm not too sure my brain can comprehend that quite now mm. at the moment, like, just buzzing for next week. Get me over there. I'm not going to Frankfurt, so I've got me to made that executive decision. Have you? Yeah, I've, I've had to look at the the. I've had to weigh up the finances a little bit. Yeah, and, mate. And, and Dubai was very very expensive, so I had to. I've had to be quite sensible. I've, I've had to be an adult about it. Let's put it that yeah. way and just go. Yeah, nah. And I, you know, if we get to the final, then there's nothing stops me from going to yeah. Seville, even if it's cost me. 25 grand I'll find, <laughs> I'll find 25 grand from somewhere, somewhere yeah. and be there so if I want to go to Seville then I need to sacrifice Frankfurt but I'll be at the home leg so and yeah mate of course yeah yeah no it's funny um, that we were, chat- <laughs> we were chatting about that 
and you know people talk about flights to Seville and and hotels and all that which is just fallacy anyway um I me and you were chatting weren't we when we were when we were on the plane on the way out there so and you know I put some was proper like uh had a decent little plan in place for my finances the beginning of this year like knuckled down a bit got a new job I was like right you know get this in order that's all gone out the window. <laughs> That's all gone. But you, yeah, I just, I just incredible, mate. So I booked flights to Frankfurt already. Um, when we're in there, again, can't really afford it. But um, yeah, I just, I just think the whole thing's just so amazing. I remember it forever. Uh, so just quickly then, before we move on to Burnley, mate. Um, oh, I am, a, what's your opinion on Frankfurt? I'm of the opinion that they will probably pose our, toughest test I mean any team that beats Barcelona is a good side uh, I've seen a lot of people say that oh well you know they did have pretty much the equivalent of an entire home stadium at the new Camp I know so, what an amazing not... effort by the Frankfurt fans by yeah, the way fair there's absolutely no chance that happens in Stratford next week is no, it but, no, no. Uh, I mean fair play I mean new Camp's big enough to get Two stadiums, three stadiums worth in there. If you're looking at and Barcelona stadium. fans, don't give us stuff about the competition, do they? Exactly. So, um, but they still had to beat them. Still had to beat them, and so they're a good side. They're they're, they're struggling a little bit in in the Bundesliga, which Lyon are struggling a little bit in Liga at the moment. And it, mm. as soon as I saw their, their Bundesliga form, I thought, well, yeah, this this is a a team that we can beat. But I think it will be our toughest toughest test I think it will mm. be a very very tight two legs um, but yeah I, I just I, 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 don't, I don't really care I, I back David Moyes and those players to pull something out of the bag again and if they don't what a journey mm. and I said that no. before Leon didn't I? I went you know yeah. if we go out now I will just be so happy about what we've done and how far mm. we've come so same feeling going into this one, um, but I do. I feel I just feel more confident about beating Frankfurt than I did Leon. Mm. Um, I just yeah, I, feel, I think we're, I think we're a better team. That's dangerous. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean, though, mate. I just yeah. I mean, I went. Me and Dad went to see their game against Real Betis the night before they played, uh, before we played Seville in Seville. Um, yeah, we went to see them then, and they were okay, but Betis were poor. So it was sort of hard to determine whether Frankfurt were actually good or not. They were all right. Uh, I thought the scoreline flattered them a bit. But yeah, Betis were just rubbish. So um, it was difficult to say. But yeah, what an effort, by the way. Twenty. Mm. Uh, you're right. There's no way that that will happen in, in Stratford at all, of course. I won't be able to get a ticket for love nor money. But um, yeah, 20-odd thousand going out to Barcelona. I'm sure the equivalent thing would have probably happened. Uh, with West Ham, but um, yeah, a decent, amazing effort there. Hats off to them. Uh, it was obviously a little bit of uh, unsavoury attitude or unsavoury feeling after what happened in uh, Seville with the uh, small pocket of Frankfurt fans attacking the pub that West Ham fans were in. But um, yeah, I didn't really see too much of that in in Leon at all. Really felt pretty. I got kept back in the ground perhaps at the ages afterwards after the home fans had lost the plot a little bit just trying to steam <laughs> onto the pitch and all that apparently there was a um there was a banner in the uh, and switch off for a couple of minutes if you don't like swearing um but there was apparently a banner in the home end which by unfurled by the leon or unfurled by the leon fans at the end which directed towards their players and managers and said go fuck yourselves <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Nice and simple and to the point. <laughs> Imagine preparing that before a game to unfurl at the end. I mean, I mean they're poorly it, in the domestic it, league. It works. They battered Bordeaux 6-1 at home over the weekend. So um, it certainly, it's certainly end, works. It's a bit late worked. by then, though, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But look, amazing. An absolutely amazing occasion. Amazing achievement by David Moyes and West Ham. Uh, just so grateful and delighted and happy to have been there. Um, yeah, onwards and upwards. On to Germany. I want the feeling to last forever. But, uh, yeah, God, mate, I, I won't be able to cope. If 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 we win the Europa League, and I'm not getting carried away here, but I'm just saying we technically have to win. And I said this before, Leon, right? We technically only have to win two games of football, or out of three, to win the Europa League, right? I won't be able to cope. I will. There's no way I'll be able to ingest that experience and come out the other side of it alive. That will kill me. I said earlier on this season, maybe after last season and earlier on this season, I said David Moyes is probably the closest a manager has come to being good enough to win a trophy for West Ham. I think in terms of what he'd achieved last year at the beginning of the season. Mm. I did not for one minute expect that to potentially be the Europa League. I thought he might go and win a League Cup with us or something like that. You know, a random little League Cup. Mm. Um, that's not discrediting the Betway Cup. He's already won as well. But I thought... We've got, under David Moyes, we've got the best opportunity we've had for a very, very long time to actually finally get some silverware under our belt after 40-odd years of, of no mm. trophy. This this is it. This is it. This is our opportunity over the next couple of years to do it. And potentially what? Actually, this time next month, we may have already had it in the bag. <laughs> I mean, God. It's, it's crazy where we are. Crazy where we are. God. Let's just enjoy it. Let's just enjoy it. Like, yeah. God, but mate. you're right. You're right. I don't. I don't know whether I will be able to hold it together. I won't. No nah. way. Even I, I, even the Frankfurt stuff. Was, I just don't know. I was. I, know I, I, I was struggling. Myself. I was struggling to breathe through all the tears when England made the Euros final mm. because I was just so emotional and so happy about seeing England in a final. Um, so to see, I mean, I'll, put, I'll be the same if West Ham reached the final in the Europa League. If we went and won it, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I, I, there wouldn't be that. Is, I think that would just be that like, I'd get, yeah, I'd just lay down and slowly just pass away. I think, <laughs> yeah, I just that, like, what I don't know, man. I don't know. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing stuff. I love it. It's so good talking about it again, mate. It's what we Tuesday now. Mm-hmm. And like the bank holiday weekend's gone. I worked all weekend as well. So, like everyone else is out having a good time. And that was the only thing just pulling me through. Like that sort of just, ah, oh, God, it was so good. Amazing. Amazing. Look, anyone listening who was out there as well knows exactly what we're saying. And we hope uh, that those of you, who weren't sort of getting a sense obviously watch wherever you watched it i've had anecdotes of people watching it back here and how amazing different places sounded uh and how the euphoria just spread among um west ham fans all over the place all over the world we have had messages coming from everywhere it's wonderful uh so yeah hope the um we sort of brought a little bit of it into your ears jonesy and i um we'll continue to keep trying to do that for the rest of this journey, however long, however many more games that sees us play, we've got at least two. Uh, if we've got three, I don't know what to do, but we'll be there. Um, we'll be here. We'll be there for you. 
uh, at whatever stage it is. Jonesy, let's let's move straight on. Let's not bother doing another section. Let's just crowbar Burnley in right at the end of this one um, and hope people don't really notice that we had to talk about it. One all at London Stadium on the weekend. Um, Burnley, managerless, fresh off the back of sacking Sean Dyche. Uh, Vout Veghorst, of course. Uh, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> one comes back off the bar. He nods in from close range. The only bloke in the Prem who can beat Suchek to a header, probably. Uh, yeah, weird. Burnley had their under-23s coach and their captain on the sideline. <laughs> a centre-back, which was peculiar. Uh, yeah, bit of a frustrating one, really. Probably really carved out enough chances. If we'd have perhaps had a bit more luck, we probably would have come back and uh, completed it. The comeback and, and picked up three points. Um, what did you make of it? Were you at the game, first of all? Yeah, I was there. Um, very frustrating. Like, I saw, saw a stat this, this morning saying that now had the highest XG of anyone in the, in the Premier League this, this at the weekend. Shows how many chances we had to, to win the game. Mm. Didn't. Um, it felt like the injury to Westwood. Um, and I hope we wish him, wish him a, a speedy recovery because it, mm. it did look terrible. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, we couldn't really see the extent of it from where we were but we knew as soon as we saw Flash's its reaction mm. we knew straight away that it was bad um, have you seen the pictures of it I haven't seen the pictures no oh, mate we, I was at work so I didn't make the game and the pictures come through on the on the wires then and it was proper like knee is if, if you'd like just sat down with your legs straight on the floor like normal like your knee kneecap would be paint facing towards the sky and like his ankle was literally like 45 degrees perfectly like Facing yeah. at three o'clock, if his knee was facing twelve, it wasn't nice. Yeah, yeah, terrible, terrible. Um, but it felt like because we were we were on top up to that point, and it felt like that that moment took the momentum out of our of our intent and just knocked the players a little bit. But then it also gave Burnley a little bit of impetus to go on and try and get a goal, mm-hmm. um, obviously for their teammate, and obviously they went and done that, but. Yeah, it just it just took the wind out of ourselves a little bit. I felt Vlasic took a little bit of time to get back in the game because he was he wasn't having a bad what opening half an hour or so, and it was it was looking like a decent performance against the side that was struggling, no manager, and it felt like yeah, eventually we're going to win this quite comfortably. But that moment, I mean, I might I might be wrong, but it did feel like it affected the momentum of the game a little bit, and um, yeah, we're very fortunate that Corne missed that penalty as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, yeah, frustrating all round, but it's difficult to really pin the blame on why it happened. I think there was there's so many different outside factors, but yeah, I think um, it's severely affected our chance to qualify qualifying for Europe via a league position. Wolves will catch us, I think. Mm. Um, in fact, we've still got to play Chelsea, <laughs> Chelsea, Arsenal, and City in our in our last five games, and then plus Norwich away and in Brighton, and we just never beat and never will. Mm. Um, <laughs> it's yeah, it's just frustrating because you know you look at when we're coming into what we're going to, the last seven games of the season, and the next games are Brentford and Burnley. Mm. Got to win those two games, and then we've only got one point out of those two games. Mm. Um, and then you factor in Tottenham losing, Arsenal losing again. And yeah, it's frustrating on that front because the last two weekends we've had an opportunity to really give ourselves mm. a big chance of finishing the top six again. And I just fear that we've blown that now. Cresswell came out afterwards and said 
I'm not having the tired legs shout, right? That's what he said after the game. What are your thoughts? Because I wasn't there and I had it on. I managed to watch, right? I had it on, like, watched it as best I could. I couldn't really get a sense for how the game was going properly. But what did you make of that? It's nothing to do with tired legs. Do you think there's a bit of that or just more similar to after the Seville game where we went to Tottenham away? The emotional high and there was just a bit of a, like, a bit of a sort of lull and it's hard to get yourself up for Burnley at home. Well, I mean, he's got, I suppose he's got to say that for one. Two, yeah, he definitely course. didn't have tired legs because he didn't play on Thursday night. No, suspended, yeah, so it definitely couldn't have been for him. But Brentford definitely was tired legs, hundred percent. That was not a, 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 mm. a, a typical West Ham performance that we're used to seeing. Um, I think it was less so on on Sunday against Burnley because I, I felt like we played a lot better than than yeah. we did against Brentford. But there has to be, there has to be, like the size of the squad. Um, he did rotate a little bit, bench four nows, going a bit of a, going a bit of a rest. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I suppose he's got to say it though, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got to say it because you know if he comes out and goes, oh yeah, we're all just knackered after Thursday. Yeah, it just doesn't look good, does it? I just wonder. I, I know he's got to say that. I just wonder what you made of it. Whether you thought no, like it was, think- we were tired or just one of those where. Like you say, we created the chances as well, really. Mate, I'm, oh, I'm not going to... Antonio at the end. Sorry, man. Come on. I mean, I know it's the same old thing every single week. And I thought he was really good in uh, in Leon. I thought he played really well. But, I mean, sorry. At the end, when Bowen plays him down the left channel... That's poor. It's not good, is it? Straight mm. like use your left foot, which he hasn't got, or he's just lacking in confidence in it, whatever. Tries to do it on your right. That's how I used to do that playing Sunday League, mate. Run down the left channel and be too scared of kicking it with my left because I might shin it out for a throw in. Um, so I'd like move my body round really clunkily to try and hit it with my right when it really wasn't on. She's not expecting that from a Premier League striker, are you? Do you know what I mean? You've got to do better there. Yeah, but we've almost become used. Yeah, it's not good though. I, I agree. I mean, I, I, if that's it is that he's there, not, mate. he doesn't have a great deal of trust in his left foot. It's like, well, I, I've never understood how. I understand that you can have a stronger foot. I get that. But if you're playing Premier League football, or even just any level of professional, even semi-professional football. You should be able to use both feet. Yeah. <laughs> your weaker foot should still be able to use to a very, very high standard, even if it's not your strong foot. Yeah, you should have a um, slightly less strong foot, shouldn't you? Not a yeah, weak. Yeah. yeah, you should. You should one like ninety nine point nine percent be two footed. If, if yeah. especially if you're playing Premier League, you'd expect it at semi professional level as well. Hmm. So, if he's not confident in his left foot, then David Moore should be like, right, this week you're only using your left foot in training, mate. Like proper just go back to school, school <laughs> levels. School, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he should be using his left foot there. He should be. Um, but Bowen came out after and said uh, after the Leon game, I mean he's left footed, mm. scored that goal against Leon with his right foot, and openly admitted, yeah, I was a little bit, I was a little bit nervous hitting it with my right foot, but it turned out to be a good finish. Mm. Like because the only shot that was on for him at that time was to use his right foot. And he scored. Mm. Antonio should have done the same on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, no, not good. Not it's good, a confidence mate. thing, I think. It's a confidence thing. Yeah, yeah, 
But I mean, how long's it going for? Anyway, that is what it is. Um, one all, seventh in the league. Oh, I don't know. I'm just finding it really hard. Like I say, Prem's beneath us. Who cares? Onwards and upwards. Bet my charity bets next. Well, Jonesy, I was quite close on the weekend, on Sunday, the Burnley game for the Betway Charity Bets. Um, I went draw, which was correct, obviously. Ben Rama any time, under 9.5 total corners. And when I say I was pretty close, uh, Ben Rama obviously didn't score. I haven't backed Suchek for ages. He's been nowhere near as good. Um, this season, has he? And uh, also said under 9.5 corners. Uh, and there were 17. <laughs> Just the 17 most, corners? <laughs> the most corners. We had 13 alone. This is the most corners uh, West Ham. I remember us or being in a West Ham game for absolutely ages. So by close, I mean, I had a feeling we were going to scupper and it was going to be a draw, which I got uh, the other two bits. I was absolutely miles off. Can you let me know what you went for, please, for that Burnley game? Uh, I had over two and a half. Um, Suchet to have one shot on target, which came in. Fair which play, yeah. And uh, Barron to score any time. Hmm. Um, obviously, oh dear. Uh, legs one and three didn't come in. Um, only seven to one, which surprised me. I thought I'd be higher given the Suchet shout. But yeah. I really wish, looking back, I, I, switched, I swapped Suchet with Bowen. Hmm. And um, I still wouldn't have won because there still wouldn't have been over two and a half goals. But I'd have been a little bit closer. Yeah, yeah. You'd have felt better about yourself, of course. Yeah, yeah. Reese Bayliss, who was actually the closest of all of us, uh, went both teams to score. Burnley uh, over 4.5 corners and Jared Bowen any time. Uh, Reese only did also get one leg in, but he Burnley had four corners. So he's only 0.5 away from getting two legs in. On that nine to one shout, just a reminder, um, that me and the lads get a £50 charity stake to put on a three-legged bet for each and every single one of West Ham's Premier League games from Betway. Uh, and any winnings from those bets go towards the three charities that we are playing for. I'm playing for the Bobby Moore Fund. James is playing for the DT38 Dylan Tombidis Foundation. And Reese Bayliss was uh, has been playing for Isla's Fight all season. And we'll be making sure that money, uh, any money that Reese's won at the end of the year, goes towards um, uh, a charity uh, that the Caton family are happy with. So we've got a big game against Chelsea coming up this weekend, Jonesy. I am really finding it hard. I just want to let everyone know to get up for the Premier League now. Especially uh, all right, if we'd have won at the weekend, we're still in the mix. I don't think we really are, uh, especially with what we've got to focus on. I want our focus to not be on the Premier League, basically. But we have got Chelsea on Sunday. I've gone bold. Uh, West Ham to win, both teams to score over 2.5 goals. I've got no idea who's going to score them, how they're going to go in. I can't imagine that we'll keep Chelsea out, particularly um, there's reports, Jonesy, which will... About Issa Diop, maybe if Dan is a kid. Yeah. There are, there are rumours he's out for the rest of the season. Mm. Um, hopefully not true. Because that just mm. leaves one defender. Yeah, or one Lisi, or maybe moving Declan Rice back into um, the centre. Severely damages our midfield, doesn't it? But yeah, we'll we'll cover that if that news is confirmed. But um, yeah, so I can't imagine we're going to keep them out. So I've gone both teams to score over two point five goals. I thought, oh, you know what? It's just roll the dice. Say West Ham are going to win because I had no idea on corners or goal scorers. So I just went with that. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I'm a little bit less confident draw. 
Both teams to score, barring two and a half shots on target. Two plus shots on target, yeah? Yeah, or two more plus than two, right? Okay, yeah. Not two and a half shots on target. Yeah, 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 that was really, really high odds. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Barring, barring two or more shots on target. Yeah. It's um, like if he if he has a shot, it was going on target, then it deflected out for a corner or something. Yeah, like that. there's your half shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah fine. And Reese Bayliss has gone for? Over three and a half goals. Both teams have scored. And Aaron Cresswell, any time. Mm. Likes a goal against Chelsea, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, he certainly yeah. scored in that away, in that away fixture. Um, just a reminder: you can back these bets yourself for real if you like on the Betway website and app. Just go to the game in question, which this week is West Ham versus Chelsea. Uh, go to pre-built bets, scroll down, and you'll find the We Are West Ham podcast bets. Uh, mine will have my name on it. James's will have his, and Reese's will have his. And you can back them for real. If you so wish, Jonesy, next up, we'll speak to Stamford Chidge, our old mate, our podcast mate, Chidgy, uh, to get a view ahead of Chelsea, ahead of that game. West Ham v Chelsea on Sunday. So it's the Chelsea opposition view and who else to have on than our old mate on the podcast, friend of the show, friend of mine and Jonesy's, Stamford Chidge himself. Chidgy, how are you, mate? Well, I know how you are already, having spoke to you briefly before, wiped out by COVID in recent days, but dragged yourself out of your sickbed to do the We Are West Ham podcast opposition view. That, sir, is commitment. Well, there you go. Can't, you can never fault my commitment to the cause, Will. You know that. But yeah, no, I got it. Got it. Well, nine days ago, I'm still kind of got it, and it's uh, yeah, I got it quite badly, I suppose. I've been really floored by it. But uh, mm. you can't, you can't, as they say, you can't ban a Chelsea fan. You can't. <laughs> True. How are you finding the sympathy levels, makes It's somewhat old hat now, COVID, isn't it? Well, it's actually no. That I mean, I I tell you how how bad it was. I actually. Um, and you know what a control freak I am as well. <laughs> so normally, if I'm not if I'm not around, or I'm in, and I'm very rarely ill actually. To be fair, touch mm. wood. But uh, I, I I actually strong didn't, stock. Just a stubborn bastard, mate. You know, <laughs> comes with the age, will. But I, I didn't I didn't do last Friday's show. I actually got good old Dean Mears to fill in for me and host the show instead of me. I still had to edit it and publish it, mind. But I mm. I didn't feel up to actually talking and. Uh, it, it kind of shocked people, I think, the fact that I, I wasn't able to do it. And I got I got a lot of sympathy, which is very lovely of people. So there you go. Yeah, good, mate. Good. I'm pleased to hear that. I'm pleased to hear that. Um, I'm a bit, I mean, I, I was thinking just as you, I was waiting for you to come on. I was thinking I was almost sort of tempted. So I like, che- you know, I actually I'll admit it on the podcast. I actually I, <laughs> I like Chelsea. I don't like Chelsea. I like most of the Chelsea fans that I know. And <laughs> I have spoken to you at length about this before. And I don't begrudge any Chelsea fans, particularly the sort of the ones of, of, of my age and above, who, you know, for, for any success that Chelsea have had, it's not your fault where the money's come from, um, you know, or where the money came from. Uh, and, you know, loads of the people my age, Chelsea were just slightly less average than West Ham were when I was young. Um, so I don't begrudge anything like that and I was looking forward to speaking to you again because it, it always makes for an interesting chat because there always seems to be something ridiculous or wacky or wild going on at your club uh, so away from the football pitch which we obviously get into a bit and we have a little bit of banter after the results but there's normally a, an intriguing tale or two and now more so than ever um, yeah the, obviously the, the reason uh, Roman's been ousted is 
is not a good one at all. Uh, but then there's all the hullabaloo with, with the takeover and the potential owners, blah, blah, blah. Thoughts of Chelsea uh, going bust, which were met with grins and whoops from lots of West Ham and Tottenham mm. fans, I know, seem to have gone away as, as swiftly as they emerged. I mean, it's a broad question, but what's your take on everything that's gone on since we wow. last or since you last on the pod? I, I, I don't think you've got long enough, Will, but, uh, True. you know, yeah. I mean, last time I spoke to you was just before you beat us in the last minute at uh, at the London Stadium. Yeah. And at that point of the season, we, I mean, it, it, I don't think it could have been better. I mean, we just demolished Juventus 4-0 in the Champions League. Hmm. We were playing great football. It was all fantastic. And of course, you know, Ben Chilwell got injured in that Juve match. And then losing to you was the start of this kind of really weird period of the season where we had we had loads of matches. Um, I mean, ridiculous amount of matches. We had loads of players getting injured. We'd lost Ben Chilwell. We lost a few other key players. And it, you know, it, it felt like a really awful, horrible period on, on, on the pitch for us. And, and that didn't really... We didn't really get out of that until kind of January, I'd say towards the end of January. Uh, but get out of it, we did. And and we and we we cobbled along as we do. Uh, but I think, you know, at that time when I spoke to you, we were still we still had aspirations for maybe challenging for the title. Mm. But that put an end to that because we I mean, we didn't lose many matches, but we drew a lot of matches. And that kind of just basically sealed our fate as become as being third, I think. And I think we probably will end up third. I don't. I don't think I think you know City and Liverpool are still going to duke yeah. it out, but I don't I don't see us getting second. So, and then we go like a, a, a one-team league of one in third. No, there's a bit. It's like yeah. You're just nowhere near. You're not going up or down. Well, you you say that, and I was looking at the table uh, yesterday, and uh, you know, in terms of the number of wins that we've got, sadly, it's around the same as Spurs and Arsenal, which really upsets me because I think we've been so much better than them all season. Played two games less than Spurs uh, and won the same amount and yeah. played one less than Arsenal and won one more. So but It's the number of draws. You see, the reason why we're ahead yeah. is they've lost a lot more games than us. We've only lost about four. But four, we drew yeah. a lot of those games over that Christmas period and that's what screwed us. Anyway, we cobbled along as we always do and then, uh, you know, we got to the Caribou Cup final where we were really unlucky to lose that on penalties. We were doing brilliantly in the Champions League. We're still going strong on the, uh, you know, in the FA Cup. We won the World Club Cup, which was something that I really wanted us to win this season, having had to witness Rafa Benitez screw it up the last time we had a chance to win it. So, you know, it was all going well. Uh, and then, boom, out of nowhere, out of absolutely nowhere, uh, the government sanctioned Roman Abramovich. And and that's it. You know, it's it's all... Completely, the house of Chelsea seems to have fallen apart since then. Mm. Off the pitch, uh, I mean, it's amazing what Tuchel's done to to galvanise the squad and to keep them going. I mean, you know, they've now got to another FA Cup final. We're still mm. third in the league. We were shot ourselves in the foot massively in the home leg against Real Madrid, and that made it almost impossible to get through. And yet, I mean, that that performance, performance. yeah, it's one of the best performances I've seen us play in Europe ever will and they mm. were they were unbelievable unlucky yeah. not to go through at the end of the day so you know it hasn't had much of an effect on what's been happening on the pitch but it's had a huge effect about what's been happening off the pitch I mean on uh, on Sunday against you lot and in fact uh, tomorrow night against Arsenal um 
you know, we the only people, only Chelsea fans that can be in there are season ticket holders. They can't sell any tickets to members. Yeah, of course, yeah. So that means that that we'll have about twenty five, maybe twenty eight thousand Chelsea fans in the stadium, as opposed to nearly forty. Mm. And that's crap. And that's all because of the sanctions prohibiting us from selling tickets and or, or the club making any money in, in any way they can. Mm. And then, of course, you've got all of the the massive uncertainty that's come about about who may up end, end, end up owning the club. And, you know, it's now gone down to three. So you've got uh, the Ted Bowley bid, the guy who owns the L.A. Dodgers. You've got Sir Martin Broughton and Seb Coe. Uh, who are fronting a lot of bidders. We don't know where the money's coming from, although apparently a couple of them might be Crystal Palace shareholders, but they're Americans. Yes. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, I think it's sort of an open secret pretty much, isn't it, that yeah. a couple of their co-owners um, are involved in that bid. Yeah, yeah. So they got that. And then you've got Steve Pagliuca, who is the guy who owns the Boston Celtics. And, I mean, all of these bids are bringing in so many different investors and so much money from elsewhere. But I think ostensibly what you can say about all three bids is that they are American? They will. We we will be owned by Americans. I think mm. come whenever the decision is made, which we hope will be before the end of the season. All of them with a view to making us a franchise club. You know, so you've got it already over here. Cronky owns Arsenal. The Glazers own United. The FSG Group own Liverpool. And and now another American sports franchise is going to own Chelsea. And here's mm. the thing, Will. On the one hand. You know, the legacy of Roman is that he's made us so successful and wealthy that we've hit, I think, a, a critical mass where, you know, we're not going to go out of business. I mean, un unfortunately for everybody who was wishing it, it's not yeah, going to happen. It's not going to happen, was it? But will it be the same as it was under Roman? Absolutely not, because Roman, it, for him, it was a toy. I mean, it, it was mm. for his own pleasure. So he would try and run it as a business, and he was always trying to do that, and the whole trial. Yeah. No, let him out. I mean, the whole transfer policy changed about five or six years ago. And it was basically, you know, you didn't buy unless you brought people in. And mm. then suddenly Roman would decide he didn't like that anymore. And then he'd just, you know, so we'll never have that again. It'll now mm. be run along business lines. And you have to ask yourselves, whoever these owners are, what do they want out of it? And what they will mm. want out of it will be profit. So mm. we will be run like a lot of other clubs. And I don't think Chelsea will ever be the same again. It certainly won't be what it's been like for the last 90 years. We might still be successful, mm. but something's going to gonna go. And I'm, I'm beyond gutted, mate. I can't tell you. I'm beyond gutted. I feel like my I feel like my, my stomach's been wrenched out through my back end. I really do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, whilst I did say earlier on, I don't begrudge any Chelsea fans um, the success they've had. Yeah. Uh, I'm speaking on behalf of myself here. I was going to dress it up as in and say, <laughs> you. I don't know if you'll get too many tears of sympathy from the no, listeners. No. But no, what no, I meant by that was, you're not getting a single one from me. <laughs> we don't, we, I'm not, and we wouldn't want any either. You know, no, we, no, wouldn't no. Want any. We, we, we didn't expect anybody to be, you know, uh, delighted with us, uh, you know, larging it up for the last 19 years with all the trophies that we've been winning and we certainly don't you know i mean the thing is will as you know um you know you you're not as old as me but i mean you've been around long enough to know that football has always been cyclical you know look at mm. liverpool and their lack of a, a league title for 30 years yeah. united didn't win a league title for nearly 30 years these things do that you know, come around. 
I, I mean, at the time, there was a there was a sense to me that Roman and what he did at Chelsea kind of destroyed that myth totally because he just kept on winning and winning and winning mm -hmm. and winning. Um, maybe that's going to come to an end now. I mean, you know, you've got there are going to be a lot of clubs richer than Chelsea, arguably, or more to the point, a lot of clubs prepared to spend more money. You know, mm -hmm. Newcastle City. Mm, you know yeah. way more money you know we've been knocked off that perch so we may find it harder to win stuff going forward who knows we don't know what's going to happen do you do you find just actually before we move on mate um or sort of onto that that sort of thing as far as the uh, you know I, I, I'm, we always avoid like politics on the show it's funny i was listening to a talk sport thing just on the way back from the shops just now and they were talking about qatar um and just saying, sorry, no, it's a different podcast, but um, just saying how um, effectively, like, you know, football fans going to Qatar shouldn't have to, they shouldn't be put in a position where they have to make a moral choice whether they go and support their nation. It was uh, Wales, like Welsh guys doing the podcast saying about if Wales get to the World Cup, that sort of, it would be such a huge occasion for the nation and for some people it would tarnish it somewhat or they'd sort of feel a bit of a moral quandary whether that to go to Qatar or not as far as the Roman being ripped away like I say I, I, it's not on you or any other Chelsea fans anyone who listens to your podcast or goes to games or whatever it's nothing to do with no matter how many PR machines will tell fans that they're really important it's nothing to do with anyone who owns their club um, you can sure people will protest etc etc but ultimately as we've seen at West Ham it doesn't matter these people are too rich and powerful there's a whole nother world at play above where we all sit um, as far as the Abramovich stuff goes then given that he is obviously or I, I retract, but it appears and it seems fairly common knowledge if you read and listen to most national publications in this country that he's a Putin crony uh, given what's happened, does that sort of how, how does that sit with you as far as you know? How what's your thoughts on the crossover with football? Because obviously you're gutted for your club, but how, how, just talk to me about your thoughts around that because it's intriguing. Well, it's hugely conflicting, isn't it? Because you know Putin is obviously you know the reincarnation of Hitler, and you know nobody nobody wants to be associated with that. I mean, the man's a dictator, is a totalitarian. And he's committing genocide out in Ukraine. And Ukraine's not that far away from us. I mean, a lot of us have been to Ukraine because of European matches there. Mm. So, you know, you don't want to have anything to do with or be associated in any way with somebody with a regime like that. Mm. And whatever way you swing it, you know, Roman is associated with that regime. So that's an appalling thing to have to, to deal with. Mm. I mean, I can sit here and I don't, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to defend Roman or mitigate him, but I think there is also some real politic involved here. And that is because of the kind of the man that Putin is. Um, you know, you don't have a lot of choice if you're Roman Abramovich. You either you toe the line or you you get you end up in a duffel bag. You know, mm. that's what we're talking about. And it used to really piss me off, actually, all the media throwing brickbats at Roman in the early days of the sanctions just before it happened. saying, oh, he needs to come out against Roman. Well, it's easy for you to say in the press. If yeah. he comes out against Roman, he's going to end up with a bullet in his head, and so is his family. And I don't think anybody on the planet's going to do that. Come out against Putin, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah sorry. Yeah. Come out against Putin. Mm. You know. So I'm not trying to defend him or mitigate him, but that's the reality. Mm. But the you know the, the bottom line is, mate, you sleep with dogs and you get fleas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's but as far as the the thing with Chelsea goes, then you say now you're gutted about it. You obviously understand 
why the sanctions were put in place and, and a byproduct of that is an impact on Chelsea. How do you sort of mm, tally up the two or do you know what I'm, if, you know what I'm asking well, here? I can't find the word, but how do you sort you know, of marry them we, up in your head? We won't, we won't find out the truth of it for a long time. We never do. Uh, I've been around long enough to, to know that things are never quite what they appear to be. Mm. But I I wonder how how political it was. I mean, uh, you know, he, he was sanctioned. I mean, the Americans didn't sanction Roman, for example, mm. right? So you know that makes that makes me ask questions. And I think the way that they could have done it uh, could have dealt could have let you know they could have harmed the club a lot less than they have. You know, I mean, the people that are getting kiboshed by this are just ordinary supporters. You just want to go and see their club. You know, mm. what have we done? We haven't done anything. We get we don't get to choose who owns our club. You know, much as I'd like us to, but we don't. We had no say in Roman taking the club over in two thousand and three. No, and at the time, at the time, the government deemed him to be fit and proper to own a football club. So mm. I think a lot of this has been political, and as always in politics, it's ordinary people who take the brunt of it and, and mm. the make suffer, and that's where we are. Do you, uh, with the sort of ticket thing and you're saying about ordinary people suffering, is that it, it, it always seems there's always a simple, or it seems like there's a simple answer that is never as straightforward as people will make out. But for that, it seemed like such a perfect and easy opportunity. And talk about politics as well, a PR win um for the the foreign office or whoever it would be making these calls to go right well yeah the club is sanctioned abramovich sanctioned blah blah you can't have any more money however we'll set something up um whereby chelsea can sell the tickets so they got fans in and every single penny from that will go to the ukrainian relief fund or it will go to you know plan international who are an excellent charity who do work alongside chelsea yeah. working with refugees in you know over on the uh the mainland and beyond i just i don't know would, would that not have been an easy thing you nailed it. I mean, that's why it's so stupid. And this is why mm. I just think it's, a, it's it's just gesture politics. I think a lot of it's deflection as well, actually. If you think about how many in the current current government have uh, taken money off the Russian, Ru you know, Russian oligarchs, I think mm. a lot of this is deflection because exactly that. Anybody with half a brain and a knowledge of football knows that Roman Abramovich has never made anything out of Chelsea. In fact, he's lost one and a half billion. Quid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, made, yeah, he will made. make it. Yeah, yeah. He's not so, made any money out of Chelsea. So no. all this, oh, well, we can't sell tickets to the members now. It's not going to stop him, you know, having any money. And if they wanted to do that, if they wanted to ring fence it, they could have done. They could have set up an escrow account so that all the profit, or any, any money that Chelsea made could have mm. gone into that account and they could have ring fenced it away from Roman Abramovich. So what does that tell you? Yeah, I find it implausible that something like that couldn't have happened. Yeah. Like, yeah, it must, it, it's literally just a, a, a large bank account, isn't it? Where it just, it might have more money in it when people buy tickets than mine or yours. But ultimately, it, yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. Well, look, it's a, it's a, you know, another uh, one of those situations where, like you said, nothing, Chelsea fans can do nothing. Nothing. Uh, but spectate as the rest of us can. Let's talk a little bit about football then, mate. Uh, you're third in the league, as we've mentioned already. We've sort of touched on on your recent form. Um, you're showing, I think I backed you for to push for the title uh, mm. at the beginning of the season. I was quite looking forward to someone hopefully being, or wanted it to be Chelsea, breaking up the monopoly um, of the Man City-Liverpool uh, duo. 
what have you made of the of the season from a football point of view? Then where you sit at the moment um, is obviously overshadowed, perhaps by what's gone on. But from a purely football perspective, what what are you saying? Well, I think we would have been challenging for the title if if Chilwell hadn't have got injured. Right. I think that was so key. Uh, but I think there was another reason which, which scuppered it, which is what I said earlier on. I think I think ultimately the season caught up with us and I think we just had to play too many matches and it just revealed that we didn't really have the depth of squad that I think that we thought we had. Um, I think Lukaku being an absolute waste of space uh, is also something that we hadn't bargained on. I mean, when we bought him for 100 million, you know, the belief was that he was going to be the missing link and he was going to score us 20, 25 goals and that's what would propel us to the title. But the truth of the matter is, for whatever reason, he has not been at it at all and yeah, I mean, yeah. Whether, whether it's because he doesn't fit our system which I think is true I think it's that yeah I think that is true but I don't think that's all of it I think there's something wrong with Lukaku I have to say I mean the two things that the, the, the three there are three things that I really can't stand about Lukaku well four actually the fourth being his attitude generally you know he's <laughs> yeah. a sulker mate and I don't like a sulker and I like players who don't put a shift in and he doesn't yeah. but other than that I don't think I've ever seen a player who's who's cost 100 million quid be that that technically inept with a football at his uh, feet. He, he, he can trap it further than I can kick it. I've never seen a number nine who's that <laughs> big and powerful. I've never uh, seen a number brilliant. nine who's that big and powerful. You know, have you, have you ever if you ever if you've ever seen a you know those uh, little kind you get a little terrier dog or something or a corgi mm. that gets overfed by its usually octogenarian woman owner, right? And they get really fat, right? And you see them try and jump and they, they yeah, kind of, they yeah. look to jump, but they don't actually get off the floor. That's what yeah, Lukaku yeah. Paws like. remain on the floor. Yeah. That's what Lukaku's like when he tries to head a ball, mate. I mean, it's unbelievable. <laughs> so he, 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 can't, he can't get up and head a ball. He, he can't control a ball at his feet. And his movement is, I mean, mate, I mean, me with COVID last week had better movement than, than Lukaku. And I'm bed down. <laughs> Right. Uh, so there's uh, four reasons why I'm not a big fan of Lukaku. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I yeah. do. I do accept that we don't play to his strengths. We, you know, we don't. We're not. We, well, we don't ever get the luxury of playing on the last shoulder of a defender because most teams will defend deep against us. Mm. And I think that's what Tuchel has has figured out. And I think we we look a much better side when we've certainly got habits up front because. You know, is he a traditional number nine? Probably not. But is he is he a false number nine? No, I think he's good enough to be a number nine. But he's a number nine who moves around either sideways or he comes deep to get the ball. But so he's always this, moving. Mate? Werner, Kai Havertz. Oh, Havertz, right? Kai, yeah, Kai yeah. Havertz. We play yeah. much better with him as our number nine. Hmm. Um, and I think that that suits our style of play, and it did last year in the Champions League final, and it has done when we've not played Lukaku. And I think Tuchel gets that. Because, as I said, mm. we don't play against teams who are going to come at us and no. play with a high line. If you, you know? do, it's maybe two or three games a season. But, yeah, exactly. like against, yeah, yeah. The, um, it's funny with Lukaku because he played at Inter, didn't he? And uh, under Conte. And there was, he said, you know, that he'd never been worked as hard before. And Lukaku seems like one of those players, even Chelsea and Menu, where, and again, I'm only talking visually. He might weigh exactly the same and I might be talking at my backside. But it just seems that those two clubs, he was a bit heavier and a bit more sluggish. He spoke about how Conte worked him into the, ran him into the ground, basically, and that he was as lean as he'd ever been, blah, blah, blah. I'm sure when he takes his shirt off, he still looks absolutely incredible. But it just seems like almost those, if it is that, 
um, a few pounds difference or whatever it is makes such an enormous difference yeah. for him because he again it's one of those and it happens seems to happen more to strikers isn't it because the pressure's on them to score goals more but it just seems like that cumulative thing that happens where a couple of little bits of doubt creeps in then the confidence erodes and there's more doubt then the touches are poor which makes it all worse and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and all of a sudden this 90 million pound superstar who arrived last year off of the best brilliant season at uh, Inter Milan all of a sudden just does all those things that you said and it just I don't really know. I mean, the interview he did didn't help, did it? No. I mean, just what an own. Just I sometimes footballers honestly baffle me, and I'm all for. And I'm one who says I prefer to hear from players who say it as it is. That interview he gave, I can't even remember when that was. Now, November. It just, well, I mean, it's like, what are you doing, man? It's like there must you know, how many brain cells in your head do you need to yeah. just go? This isn't a good idea. I'm not going to say that. Yeah, I mean, he lost all sympathy with most Chelsea fans at that moment. Mm. You know, they were right behind him before that. And I mean, he, he'd been in a, a bit of form and then he got injured in November and then we started to play really well. It was like, oh, I wonder why that is. Oh, it's because we're playing with somebody who gets the system we're trying to play. And then he came back and he looked good. And then, and then that interview dropped and, you know, he blew it. He blew it with the fans. They just thought, well, no, screw you, mate. You know, mm. and, uh, and he's been sulking ever since. Mm. You know, I think he's a mentality player. I really do. But I think you're right. It's interesting, isn't it? How how Conte treated him. And and I think I think that's the thing with Lukaku. I, I mean, the other thing I'd say about Lukaku is, and I suspected this when he played for Chelsea as a kid, that mm. his mentality is just not quite right. He's he's not he's not he's not he's not a big club player. I don't right. think. I just yeah. don't think he can handle the pressure. I mean, he he, he skedaddled last time because Mourinho wouldn't make him his number nine. And because he missed a penalty in the in the Super Cup against, I think it was Bayern. Mm. And I think he he needs to be a player who the whole team revolves around. Yeah, you know, I think he's got an ego the size of a planet. I think that doesn't help. But I think he needs the whole team to be built around him. And they he needs all need to be to the play. bigger fish. Yeah, and they all need to play to his strengths. And yeah. you ain't going to get that this, with the, with the European champions, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's for us on the team. That's that's you know? all very well, mate. I agree. I totally agree. I I just think it was it was square peg round hole from the off, really. It seemed. Yeah. Well, it um, is, isn't it? The way, yeah, the it. way Chelsea play. You've mentioned habits already. I've heard that from lots of Chelsea fans who say, although he's not orthodox, just his movement alone makes him a nightmare to play against. Gives defenders headaches and opens up the pitch for for your attacking midfielders, whoever it is, Mount or Ziyech or whoever happens. Well, yeah, but whoever happens to be coming in from behind to come up and, and put the ball in the exactly. net. Exactly. Um, and West Ham have got a bit, we play a similar sort of way, really. Antonio, uh, we can't hit a barn door at the moment, but it's those attacking midfielders. We sort of need the space made by Antonio's work. And then Bowen and Fornells, Ben Rama, Lanzini sort of pop up in behind to sweep up the mess and, and get the goals from there. Um, so, yeah, I just thought it was a bad fit from the off, really. But... Uh, let's have a have a look forward then. This game on Sunday, mate, and it's always a a big game I look forward to against Chelsea. Um, not just because I know a lot of Chelsea fans and we've done okay against you in recent seasons, um, and it's nice to have a bit of nice to do these chats and then have, give everyone a bit of stick afterwards. Um, but saying all that, we were chatting to Jonesy earlier in the show. I've just come. I was out in Leon last week for one of the best days of my life. Never mind. Uh, the most phenomenal West Ham occasions I've uh, I've ever been to. 
I honestly, I really, really, I don't really care that we drew with Burnley on Sunday. Uh, it's not, I was jumping, joking around saying, well, the Premier League's beneath us now. We're far too big to worry about domestic competition. We only care about uh, <laughs> European domination. Uh, of course, that, of course, tongue in cheek, but I just, I'm really, really finding it hard to be, because it's such a once in a lifetime for us, once in a lifetime yeah, yeah, adventure yeah. that it is making me just so, so, so happy and proud of the club and all that sort of thing. It's almost a weird way. It's quite hard to get up for the for the Premier League games now. And whilst I'd love to get a result against you boys, really, I as if we beat Frankfurt to get through the semi-finals over two legs, I wouldn't give a stuff if we didn't win another Premier League game all season. Yeah, I, I'm, well, I'm not I'm not surprised to hear you say that, Will, and and I I get it actually. I mean, if 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 West Ham win the Europa Cup, you know, that's the biggest thing that's happened to them. You know, I mean, you, you won it. You won it uh, in '65, didn't you? The Cup Winners' Cup. The Cup Winners' and '75 or '6, yeah. Did you win it after winning the FA Cup in '75 as well? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. And I know you went deep somewhere in the early '80s. I seem to remember that. So you know, it, it's massive to win a trophy and mm. to win a European trophy. And I mean, you know, West Ham won a European trophy before we did. Let 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 us not forget that. So, yeah, I totally get it, mate. And, I mean, you compare that to finishing seventh or fifth or sixth, for me, there would be no comparisons about winning stuff. Yeah, or, of course. You know, or every time, mate. I totally get that. And I, it's funny, you know, because I was thinking that um, before, because normally, you know, you turn up to Stamford Bridge and, you you, you, you you know, you turn up and you play like 1970s Brazil when you've been absolutely shit all season. <laughs> and you quite often get a result, you know, it's like your cup final, isn't it? And I was thinking, I was thinking, all right, okay, so hang on, it might be different because I think you're you're gonna have you got the uh you got the first leg, uh, haven't you, the week after against Frankfurt on the Thursday yeah, that's after? It. Yeah, 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 that's the one. So I'm wondering if you might have one eye on that. I mean it's interesting that the fans oh, are I want us to have three eyes on it, honestly. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if David Moyes will. I wonder, I wonder if David Moyes understands how important it is to win a trophy. He knows. He knows he's on the brink of history, mate. He's 100% in well, that if you mindset. Win, if you win the Europa Cup, you get into the Champions League anyway. For the first time in our history, oh, yeah. You, know, you don't have to finish in the top four. No. So no, you, could, you exactly. could put your eggs all in that basket. Risky, but you could do it. Yeah, but I, I, I don't know if it is too much of a risk, really, mate. Well, because... Frankfurt gave us trouble. We played them in the semi-final. You know the year we won it and we beat uh, Arsenal mm. 4-1 in Baku? We played them and they were a tough nut. They, they scared the shit out of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, were, they were a good, typically German, quick, physical, aggressive team. Mm. And, and, I mean, I know that Barcelona have been complaining about the fact that they took 30,000 fans out to the Camp Nou. Yeah. They only had 5,000 tickets. Yeah, yeah, don't sell tickets to blokes with German addresses in. No, well, they they figured it out uh, too late, but they did the same with us. They they, they were There were scraps all over the place. They, they had a lot of fans in the West Lower, which is where they shouldn't be. And they had a hell of a lot in the hospitality areas and it was kicking off all night. And it was it was bedlam the whole night. Really? They are yeah. something else, mate, as a side. Mm. You know, well, they've got mad fans. I went to the... Um, when we played Sevilla away in the Europa League uh, in the last 16, uh, Frankfurt were away at Betis in Seville the night before. And me and Dad went to that game, their game against them. And they looked OK. Real Betis were really poor. Their mm. fans were brilliant and it'll be a brilliant atmosphere. It'll be the first full... 
uh, like full up away end that we've had in the Europa League this season. Leon and Sevilla didn't take many. The, the teams we played in the group stage, neither. Um, so I'm looking forward to it from that side of things. So I think it'll be a great occasion. Hoping the trouble side of it um, tones down a bit. And I mean, I'd be surprised. Well, it's, I'd be very, very surprised indeed if um, if West Ham, if sorry, if that many Frankfurt fans managed to get in. There hasn't been a ticket available for love nor money, even to club members and stuff for the last couple of knockout games. So you'd hope that... um, You'll be lucky in that respect. I I, I can't believe that, I mean, West Ham fans, you know, there'll be more demand for this match than there has been for a match in the last 30 years, I would have thought, for West Ham. By a million so that'll, miles, make hard, yeah. that'll make it hard for Frankfurt, but they will turn up in numbers whether whether they've got tickets or not. They're, they're yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate, you know. Yeah. No, um, it's a, it's an exciting occasion, mate. But so as far as this game on on Sunday goes, from a Chelsea perspective, uh, what are your thoughts? Well, it, I mean, again, it, you know, it, as always with every match, and I know it's an old cliche, will, but it depends who turns up, doesn't it? It depends whether mm. you have got one eye on Frankfurt. It depends on whether we've uh, you know how 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 we turn up on the day. I mean, <clears throat> we've got Arsenal tomorrow night. I mean, I would imagine we'll be quite buoyed by the fact that we that we got through the to another FA Cup final. Mm. Uh, I think a lot will depend on who's fit. Um, I know that Kovacic won't be playing tomorrow night, which is a real blow. I mean, the one thing that I've noticed recently, and in fact, I noticed. I mean, against against Palace on Sunday, it was very frustrating because they did a really really good tactical job on us because they basically had five a five-man defence. Uh, and then they basically pressed and, and man-marked everybody in midfield. So they denied us time and space. And because Jorginho was playing, you know, we just resorted to that type. So in other words, yeah. it, it, we moved the ball far too slowly, sideways, backwards, all the time. And we, yeah. never, we never had a goal threat. Um, luckily, it changed in the second half. And I think you know, Kovacic being out really hinders that because he's the one of the midfielders who will actually get the ball and run with it and attack people. Yeah. And that opens up space for other people. Um, I think Loftus-Cheek, you know, I, I, I've been advocating recently really for a 4-3-3 rather than this 3-4-3 that we play. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? Because Bowen, he causes problems, uh, didn't he, at the London Stadium? And he's a worry. I mean, Antonio's form's dipped a bit, which is probably good for us because he's usually quite good against us. Um, you got I some good players. About him, mate. You know, what I like about West Ham, there's a lot I like about West Ham anyway, and you know that too. But I think Moyes has done a brilliant job this season. And, you know, you've got a really good team, you know. Mm. And you play as a team, uh, strong, physical, really well organised. Um, I think your goal threat can be a bit limited. I think that's why Bowen is so so important to you. But Lanzini's a good player when he plays. Mm-hmm. You've got enough. You've got enough quality and a lot enough class to hurt anybody. And I think that uh, Declan Rice, you know, who hopefully will be a Chelsea player sooner rather than later. But I mean, he's a superb player. I mean, I, I would mm-hmm. cut my arm off for him in our midfield. Having just talked about our midfield and how stodgy it can get and yeah. how much it goes sideways and backwards, you you don't get that with Declan Rice. You know, he mm-hmm. wants to go forward. Yeah, no? he, does, he, he doesn't mind a sideways pass, but no, he's a good player. He does his his ability to pick up and drive with the ball and his power, I think, is underestimated yeah, or I mean, underrated. Got, well, I agree with you. You've got to do it at the right time. You've absolutely got to do it at the right time. But, you know, I think the trouble with, with Jorginho is it becomes the norm. 
you know, and and I, I cannot abide possession just for possession's sake. Mm. You know, it just drives me up the wall. And, and you know, I, I think we look a much better. I mean, look at how we played against Real Madrid. Coincidence? Mm. No, Jorginho. You know, we have players who... Could so be- bizarre how he's getting such a load of grief. He was well, like the best thing since sliced bread last year. What did he win there? Well, he, the FIFA, okay, let the me, FIFA best or whatever. No, what I'm happy to talk about Jorginho because Tuchel did in the press conference today. And Jorginho's ha- having a bit of a poor run of form at the moment because he's knackered. He's right. mentally and physically exhausted. He, he, he ran his race basically by, dis- by, by January. Yeah. So I'm not trying to stick the boot into him because I get get why he's not on form. But irrespective of all of that, that has always been Jorginho's game. He is a possession monster. That's mm. what he does. And, and you know, he will, he values keeping possession, which I know a lot of the top coaches do, but it does mean that you go sideways and backwards far too much for my liking. Mm. And we, you know, we need I think we're better as a team when we go forward. We hurt people more when we go forward. Now there are games and there are times when you can have somebody like Jorginho. And he's invaluable because he can control a game. He can keep the ball and kill the game. But, you know, I, I do see him more of a, a controlling and a defensive sort of player rather than somebody who's going to open up an attack. I mean, if you think about Fabregas, for example, mm. you know, Fabregas could ping a pass between the lines and open up a defence. I don't think Jorginho's really got that in his locker as much as people like to think he has. Right. If you want to kill a game and keep possession and have people running man. around all after you, he's your man. But, you know, we're playing teams who are going to sit back and defend and defend and defend anyway. We need people to open it up for us. Hmm. And I think you either do that because you've got a genius midfielder who can ping a pass or you get the ball and you run at people and you create space. Yeah, and he doesn't yeah. either. Yeah, so I love amazing. him. I love him to pieces, but he's a horses for courses player for me. Right. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. It's interesting. Um, so how do you think the game's going to play out on Sunday? We'll get to score prediction in a minute before well, I let you go. How can you see it playing out? I don't know. I mean, you know, we, we seem to be, I mean, we're just prone to shooting ourselves in the foot. I mean, you know, but if you think about it, we go into to, to the game against Arsenal, having lost our last two home matches, 3-1 and 4-1. Mm. Now, we, we tend to get a match like the match against Brentford once a season, where it just all goes horribly wrong. <laughs> right, we, yeah. we look absolutely crap. Yeah, yeah. We did the same again against Real Madrid, actually. We were really poor against them. It was almost like a repeat of the Brentford match. Mm. Um It'll be interesting to see what happens tomorrow night. We need to win tomorrow night because we've had a bit of an up and down uh, history against Arsenal recently. They've won far too many matches against us or, or, or got away with it. So we need to beat Arsenal and beat them well tomorrow. And I think if we do that, then we'll... we'll I think I think the fact that you've got Eintracht Frankfurt on the week after hopefully will play into our hands. But I think if we've, mm. got, we've got a good, strong team out, maybe Kovacic is fit again, uh, you know, and... and, and and the players you've had to play far too much recently are still okay. Like Havertz, been well, well overplayed recently because Lukaku's so crap. Given all of that, if we turn up, we're at it. And if we're on you from the minute one, which we'll need to be, then I think we'll win. But I think West Ham are a tough nut to crack. If, if West Ham are on their game and are at it, it's going to be a really tough match, whether we're home or away. But, mm. you know, pound for pound, we're a better side than West Ham. So I expect us to win, given that we're at it and on it from minute one. Yeah, well, I, I say intriguing one, mate. I'm just from my perspective, it's I, I just do yeah, as long as we don't get hammered four 0 really and don't get any injuries. There are reports circulating today that Issa Diop may have done his Achilles, which adds him you've to the long term. No defense, have you? You've got most of your defense are out. 
Well, that's it. Now, that if that's true, that makes Dawson, Zuma, and Ogbonna injured out for the season, uh, which leaves Craig Dawson and maybe either Elise, who's a really youngster, played a couple of times in the Europa League, or Declan Rice drops back and then you bring in Mark Noble, Alex Crowell. But it's a significant uh, loss if that's true. But uh, look, Chidji, it's been brilliant having you on again, mate. Uh, always intriguing to to chat to you about our two respective clubs. Uh, West Ham, Chelsea, then at Stamford Bridge, at hopefully a half-empty Stamford Bridge. There Sunday will be half-empty. No hope about it. It'll be, be like the old days, Will. It'll be under 30,000. You'll love exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Sunday afternoon, 2 o'clock at the bridge, uh, ahead of that Eintracht Frankfurt home game, like you mentioned. Give us a score prediction, mate. Well, I think it'll be tight. I really do. Um, I think I forgot about the fact that you haven't got any defence at the moment, so that makes me feel a little bit... Oh, bit... strikers. <laughs> Our midfield and fullbacks and keeper really right. good though. Well, I, I was gonna. I mean, look, I'm gonna say two one because that's like a real kind of percentage uh, prediction, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go two one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've gone mad in my charity bit earlier on. Uh, I couldn't. I didn't have a clue how it was going to go. I don't know who's going to score. I don't know how many corners there's going to be. Whatever. So I just went West Ham to win. Both teams are scoring over two and a half goals because. I just so think, you well, do one as well then, Will? Well, apparently so, yeah. But <laughs> I just, I, I haven't got a clue what's going to happen, really. I, it's sort of a strange game, strange context for both teams going into it. Um, and I, I, all I think, I reckon it will be really forgettable. <laughs> That's all I can really think about the game. But look, Chidge, thanks so much for, for joining us again for 40 minutes. Appreciate you giving up some of your time, especially as you just come back from COVID as well. Yeah, thanks, mate. You're a good bloke. Um, I'm hopeful. I'm glad, to be honest, you're still going to have a football club there. You will get zero sympathy from me if you're not as successful as you have been under uh-huh. Roman Abramovich. And uh, regardless of what Chelsea are doing with themselves, West Ham are on the march now, mate. Well, We're, good uh, luck. Good luck for the Europa Cup. Yeah, I, I hate. I hate you win it. I hate you bring it back. Who, who would you get in the final? Do you think? Uh, it's RB Leipzig or Rangers, isn't oh, it? Oh, Rangers. So Rangers rather, West Ham. No thanks. Give me Leipzig. Yeah. I can't be bothered. I can't be bothered with that. <laughs> Going out to Seville with a load of Scottish people. No, <laughs> Not no, for me. No. I don't think there'll be a lot of Chelsea out there as well if that happens. I suspect. <laughs> well. Exactly. Yeah, anyway. Listen, mate. Are, are it's been an absolute, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks very much for having us on, uh, for coming on. Excuse me, Chid. Um, and if you fancy listening to a bit more of a detailed Chelsea view, there'll be your show on Friday night, Chid. Is that right? Yeah, we do a preview show on a Friday night. Uh, hopefully, we'll have James on if if I bother to text yeah. him, and uh, and we do uh, kind of the review show on a Monday night. Happy days, mate. Happy days. <laughs> Jonesy, West Ham women had a semi-final of their own on Saturday. It was against Manchester City, Behemoth's Manchester City. Uh, Not had quite such a good season this year, but unfortunately, West Ham were beaten 4-1. So no Wembley date for the girls this season, but a great achievement getting all the way to the semi. Um, yeah, City went racing to a 2-0 lead before half-time. Lisa Evans pulled one back on 42 minutes. Um, but two goals from City in the second half uh, just sort of put the game beyond the girls, really. 67% possession. Gilly Flatty come out afterwards apologising for a mistake, but it's one of those things. 4-1 is is fairly comprehensive. Uh, we've discussed before the, the gulf between some of the teams. Um, in the WSL, as there is in the Premier League, of course, 
Uh, and Manchester City sort of shook off their sort of sketchy early start to the season to deny the girls uh, a spot in the final. We said it was probably the best tie, but still a difficult one. Um, unlucky to be out, but a decent run and one that the team and Oli Harder could be proud of. Yeah, 100% they should be proud of it. Um, much like David Moyes and, and the, the the men's team, like Oli Harder deserves a lot of praise for what he's achieved this year with with the women's team. Last year, had to stay up. You know, it was very touch and go towards the end of the season. This year, mid-table in the WSL and, a, and an FA Cup semi-final. I mean, you know, you can't, you can't knock that really. So, no. They shouldn't be. They shouldn't feel too disheartened. Um, no, it's it's a good achievement just to get there. Shame they're not in the final, but getting to a, a semi final like that this time last year looked not impossible, didn't it? So exactly, um, yeah, yeah. Great progress this season. If they, if they can end the season well in the WSL, take a little bit of momentum going into the summer, go again next season. I think they're on the right track. Oli Holler's doing a superb job. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Yeah, it's reading away. Next on this Sunday, that is in the WSL before Men United away on the 1st of May and the season finale at home to Arsenal on the 8th, sitting 7th in the WSL at the moment. Reading just one spot behind them. So if they can get that win against Reading, that give them a real chance uh, of finishing plum in the middle of the WSL. Brighton in 6th, still there to be caught. Uh, those last two games against Man United and Arsenal, very tricky indeed. But to be well and truly miles out of the relegation conversation is a brilliant one. Hats off to Oli Harder. Good luck against Reading this weekend. And we'll uh, catch up with the girls' progress uh, next on next week's show. But that's basically it from me and Jonesy. You'll have some final thoughts next. Well, Jonesy, what a show. I... I any time in my life, I still can't really talk about it properly. Any time in my life, um, yeah, I'm feeling a bit gloomy or a bit down. I just want to be able to recall that Leon feeling. I'm a little bit worried about that. I don't want it to fade, really. It's just such a emotive feeling. You could hear it from both of us, how much it meant to us and how happy it made us both and makes us both. And I don't want to lose that ever, really. Um, it is a memory that, that will be there forever. Buzzing to have been able to share it with you, mate. And... You know, look, different fans might have different opinions on um, what they're focusing on or what I'm focusing on or whatever for the remainder of the season. But I'm not worried, mate, if we finish ninth. I really am not worried if we finish ninth. Even if we don't, yeah, what we've done in the Europa League so far, if we, as long as we give ourselves, give a good account of ourselves in that semi final over both legs against Eintracht Frankfurt, that's all I'm worried about. It'll be absolutely amazing, mate. And I'm still fizzing from what is a historic occasion and we'll always eclipse any like you know premier league one-off result for me really so right, we drew with burnley who cares because we beat leon away 3-0 in the quarterfinal of the europa league yeah i said it after seville though mate that no we want more of that mm. we want more of that this should be west ham now this should be the level i said seville was the level for us now leon away is the level um and that means that we've still got to do our very best to try and finish in that top seven. Um, it's going to be touch and go off him between the end of the season. Um, obviously, we don't. We need to win the Europa League. And as we've already said, I think we're more than good enough to do that now. Um, so it's going, to be, it's going to be a fun final month of the season. Very much looking forward to it. 
Uh, I just want more of that feeling. I want it every single season now. I want this mm. every single season. And we're very close to doing it for a second consecutive season at the very mm. least. So um, I'm absolutely buzzing at the moment. Um, I well up every time I think of that day, that night. Just sheer pride in the team. And uh, I can't remember the last time I felt so proud of, of, of our football club at the mm. moment. And, yeah, just looking forward to see what they can do next because I, I, I do believe this isn't. We haven't peaked. We haven't peaked. No. There's more. To, there's more to come from this squad and David Moyes. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll see, mate. We'll see. I'd be intrigued to see next season if we do get the Europa League again. Whether the novelty factor of it all sort of dumbs it down a bit if you achieve things at all, like the fact it's our first time, obviously adds summit to it. But look, it was absolutely amazing, mate. Um, yeah, West Ham are massive still. They're getting massiver. Um, up right. the hammers. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week. I'm just going to leave you on 3 0 to the Cockney boys. 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 See you next week. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.